into their life. Oh Lord, we just thank you. Thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you that you are the bread of life. And we get to eat of your goodness and be satisfied in the midst of calamity, Lord. We are satisfied. Thank you for this beautiful day that you have made. Lord, I pray that you would prepare our hearts to receive your word. Lord, that it would be your words spoken through me. We'd hear your voice and your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning or good evening. Whenever you are tuning into this, I pray that you're having a good day. My name is Lani and um, I'll be bringing the message to you today. Um, I guess if there's a title for this message, it is Jesus the Good Shepherd. Yeah. And I want to take you um, through this miracle that Jesus performs And it's actually the only miracle that's recorded in all four Gospels. So it's in Matthew 14, 13 to 21, Mark 6, 32 to 44, Luke 9, verses 10 to 17, and John 6, verses 1 to 15. And each is described slightly differently, um, but it complements the greater message that Jesus is the good shepherd and requires our faith to trust him as we follow him through thick and thin. Now, I'm going to be reading from uh, Mark 6, 30 to 44. So if you want to grab your Bibles, if you can, and turn there with me. It says this. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while, for there are many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in a boat by themselves. But the multitude saw them departing, and many knew him, being Jesus, and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place and already the hour is late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. (laughs) I love Jesus. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? It's funny, in my Bible, that's in italics. It's almost like, seems a bit sarcastic. Um, Verse 38. But he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five and two fish. And he commanded them 
to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks, in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about 50,000 men. And that's not including the women and children. So there's definitely much. Um, yeah, it's a greater, greater multitude that Jesus feeds here. And I, I also just want to give you a bit of context as well to um, Jesus and his apostles needing to, to go away. Um, they had been working really hard seeing many people, Jews and Gentiles um, alike. They were attending to them, you know, healing them. People were flocking to Jesus, wanting to know where he was. And just they just needed a saviour, you know. Um, and the reason why Jesus wanted to go away with his apostles is, one, they were very exhausted and they hadn't eaten. But two, uh, is because this is just after John the Baptist was beheaded and uh, they heard of the news, he was unjustly beheaded. Um, he was pointing out an unlawful act to a king. And um, as a consequence, um, yeah, he, he was beheaded. So it's, it's a very tough time for Jesus and the, the disciples at the moment. So you can get an idea of what's happening in the city. There's, you know, unlawful acts happening, yet people are still flocking to Jesus, you know. They, they're like... This is a consequence for standing up for what is good, yet people are still in great need of, of a saviour. And what I love about this is that, you know, Jesus instructs his disciples to give them something to eat. He's not saying, oh, that's a really good idea, send them away. <laughs> he's like, he's saying, he's like, and he knows that they can't give them something. He knows that they're not going to be able to feed the multitudes. He's like, you give them something to eat. And I just love that because I think he's not just talking about physical food. You know, he's like, it's a bigger picture. He's saying, I've given you something, my disciples, my close ones, my followers. And you actually have the ability to give that to these needy people who are lost without a shepherd that's what he said. He said they're, they're like sheep Look, that, that don't have a shepherd. You know, his disciples already knew who their shepherd were, was, which is Jesus. And, he's, and they're just like, uh, Jesus, no. <laughs> you know, could you imagine if uh, Pastor Holly and Jules took us to church camp and, you know, there's hundreds of us and there's, you know, it comes to like dinner time. We're there for the whole day packing, you know, just setting up and there's like five apples and two wheat picks. And, <laughs> and they're saying, you feed everyone. Come on, come on, leadership team, you guys feed them. Like, I think a lot of us would probably either walk away and go and find our own food um, <laughs> or we'd be like, I think uh, <laughs> we need to start praying for a miracle. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people, I think, in our natural minds, we would actually go away and find our food ourselves and that's a very natural response. But what Jesus is saying here, he's saying, hey, this is not just about the physical food. This is I am God. Like I am 
I am all human, I am all God, and I want you to come to me for every single thing that you need. And when you've learned that, when you've learned to actually make Jesus the shepherd of your life, (laughs) Um, you know that you can come to him because he will feed you. He will give you what you need. He'll give you the revelation of life. You know, it says that he is the bread. His body was broken for us. You know, we need to feast upon his word um, in order to be filled. And um, it's just, it's so easy. He knows how human we are as well. He knows that we can look at situations and actually say, Lord, where are you? Um, I need you. And that's exactly what he wants. He actually wants us to see the need for him. He wants us to actually say, Lord, I need you. You know, when everything's going good, sometimes we don't feel like we need him. When things are going really bad and we actually need a miracle, (laughs) we definitely need him. But he wants us to need him all the time, all the time. And, um, you know, I think right now, like being exhausted, needing a resting place, Jesus is directing his disciples away and I think right now, like, I think it's safe to say, like, so many people are tired. We're tired. Um, it's been a heavy season for a lot of people, maybe a really fruitful season for others. Um, being in a pandemic, you know, whether you're on the front line, working on the front line, or you are fighting to keep your job, uh, Jesus knows your need. And, um, you know, I think it's so important to know that, like, in, in this battle, um, that it's not just, it's not flesh and blood. It's not just physical. And that's what I really want you to see here. It's not just what we can see in our natural eyes. In Ephesians 6, 12, it says that, you know, that this battle is not a flesh and blood, but it's a battle of the powers and principalities of the unseen world at play. So we need to be praying in the spirit constantly, putting the armor of God on diligently every single day. And, yeah, I pray that you did that this morning. If you didn't, you can do it right now. Um, yeah, we, we really need to be armoring up. We need to be in the word. And, you know, Jesus, he, he teaches them before he actually feeds them, right? So, like, he's, he's instructing all the people how to live, you know, live a righteous life. Um, you know, he is the way, the truth, and the life. He's teaching them. So... I want to ask you, like, who is the teacher in your life? Like, I think it's easy to turn on the news and read the newspaper, go on Instagram, whatever it is, you know, you're following people on there who have influence. Who are you listening to? And I think there are so many voices out there that, you know, mean well, um, but ultimately Jesus wants you to hear his voice You know, he says, my children know my voice. My sheep know my voice. I really want uh, to encourage you to seek the voice of Jesus before you even turn on your phone in the morning, before you even open up social media, whatever it is you need to do. What is Jesus saying to you for the day? What is he saying to you for the season? What is he saying for you to do? And, you know, it's interesting here, he's just like, I think it's a really strong point to his disciples. He's saying, come on, you've already got it. I want you to go and give to others. 
And we need to not lose sight of that, that we actually hold this eternal glory of salvation, uh, that Jesus, you know, has died for our sins and we can have eternity with him. And, you know, we need to go and share that with the world to never lose sight of that. But Jesus understands our humanness. He understands that this is hard and he, he's actually requiring our faith. In, um, in John, when, when John speaks of this, this miracle, um, he actually mentions that a little, little boy came and provided the five loaves and the two fish. And that is just a beautiful imagery of having childlike faith. You know, the disciples are like, nah, we have to go. But this little boy is like, hey, I've got this. This is what I can give, you know. And um, this little boy just, just so beautifully and blindly, like following the instruction, just gave what he had. And that was enough for Jesus because he's God. And, um, you know, he blessed it. It multiplied. They were able to feed everyone. But I believe Jesus is calling us to greater faith, you know. Like there are so many things that we don't know, especially today. And I think it's, if I'm allowed to say this, it's great because it's really testing our faith. You know, like when, when we're pressed on every side, what's going to come out? It's like we are these fragile clay jars, as it says in Corinthians, Second uh, Corinthians 4. Um, you know, it says that we're pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. You know, yet we're withholding in us this eternal glory. So to fix our eyes on the things of eternity. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just really hope and I pray that right now as we are being pressed, that the things that are coming out are of Jesus, <laughs> that they are of love, that they are of, you know, his word and his teaching. You know, is that really inside of us? Is that what you've been eating um, I really want you to look at what you've been spiritually eating because that is so important for you to have the sustenance, you know, with whatever trial we may go through. The Lord never um, puts us in situations or trials that we cannot stand, you know. He, he knows our limits and some things seem really harder than others, but he, he knows exactly what we need. Um, so I love that. I just want to call you to have that childlike faith. Like we don't know what the world will look like, you know. We don't know what it's going to look like. And sometimes even by the end of the month or the end of the year or next year thereafter. Um, but we know and we can trust that Jesus is good. He is a good shepherd. And something that I really want to point out that is so significant um, is that he actually makes them sit down. Jesus instructs the disciples to make them sit down on the green grass. And it says that in um, each of the Gospels. And um, it's a really beautiful image of us needing to humble ourselves and actually sit down to allow ourselves to be taught by Jesus. You know, and, and also like this this notion of it being grass. Like the Bible doesn't you know, put descriptive words in here for no good reason. Um, it's not just a nice description. Um, when they're talking about uh, grass here, it's not even of the, um, of like the grass that's, that's growing in the ground. It actually has a dual meaning. Um, and it means like to feed the animals. It means to clothe um, the wildflowers. Um, it's, it's a multifaceted meaning and we can see remnants of it um, 
in Matthew 6.27, if you just want to turn with me there. Matthew 6.27. Actually, we'll go from 25. It says, do not worry. That's the subheading. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is, lo- is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add a, one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the, into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. There it is. That's what he's wanting us to have. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I love that. Um, Jesus wants us to come to a place of total trust in him. Yeah, whatever it is, he knows our humanness. Like he knows the people who are fighting for their jobs right now. He knows the people who are working so, so hard to keep our country safe to keep the nation safe. He knows every single thing about you. You know, just read Psalm 139. Um, and that that's a, a beautiful uh, indication of just how much the Lord loves, loves you, knows you and sees you. Um, and I just want to point out, if you can turn with me to Psalm 23. This is another significance of why he makes us sit down in green pastures. Psalm 23 is that the Lord is the shepherd of his people. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wow. This is actually Jesus' promise to us that if we allow him to be our shepherd, 
you know, he will actually allow... And, and if we, we actually partake with him, you know, he will lie us down on those green pastures where we can rest, where we can have food for our souls, where we can actually have no fear in the midst of calamity. Like, I love this where he's, it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Like, <laughs> I just think that's the most incredible thing. If you can envision, you know, the most difficult situation that you've ever been in, or maybe you haven't had um, many enemies, maybe you can think of, um, you know, some really terrible rulers like Hitler or something like that, and sitting before this person that that potentially could, yeah, put you to death, um, their, their heart for you is not good. Could you imagine just sitting before that person and feeling calm, feeling okay? You know, that's a, that's a kind of peace that Jesus wants us to be filled with. Like, he actually wants us to be filled with that kind of peace that he, he, only he carries and only, um, yeah, we can feast upon from him. It says, in this world you will have um, trial and tribulations, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. I, peace, I leave with you. Peace, I give unto you. I do not give as this world gives. So again, don't seek your peace in the world. Don't seek your peace in, in things that are here today and gone tomorrow. Um, I really want to encourage you to seek that peace that only comes from, from Jesus. And, you know, like, it's so real. I just wanted to share something that, you know, uh, just recently had gone through, um, you know, just some, some medical things. And actually, only yesterday I found out that, um, you know, something that happened to me a really long time ago, which was quite unjust and, like, such a violation, um, has now caused uh, these medical ramifications that, um, that yeah, I, I, I'm like, oh, Lord, like, this sucks. But hearing the news yesterday, the news from the doctor, and she said, you know, we can do surgery, this is going to be okay. Um, I was like, you know what, it is going to be okay. Like, Jesus has got this, you know. Like, I, I have a choice. Like, I have such a choice to say, that man or that, you know, whoever, um, you know, caused me such an injustice years ago and, and is now, like, I'm trying to seek vengeance on, you know, I could get so angry. Like, I think we all have the capacity to seek vengeance, but the vengeance actually belongs to the Lord, you know? Like, it's not ours, and, and it says that his scales are just, so we actually really need to let the Lord seek vengeance on our behalf, whether we see it or not. That's faith, yeah? Like, I just, um, yeah, I had, I had one little stray thought yesterday, and I was like, ah, oh, the incident, this is why, and then I was like, and the Lord just brought me back. He said, you know, you've, you've dealt with that already. You forgave that person. Like, you know, you forgave that person for, for violating you. You forgave. It's, it's done. And, yes, you're, you know, undergoing the, the repercussions of, of that act. But um, the Lord's like, I've got you. And last night, I actually... Sorry, I just muted myself again. I went to bed... <laughs> 
with such peace, you know, like I just felt such peace last night. I was like, Lord, like you've got this. This is going to glorify you, whatever the outcome is. This is going to glorify you. I can actually sit before, you know, that 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 feast that the Lord has prepared for me and, and partake on that and, and, and sit before my enemies and, and, oh, God's just so good. Um, you know, but that's because I've let him be my shepherd. I've let him lead me. You know, that was one of the hardest things I've had to do is like forgive that person. But that happened so quickly after the event that I like, I had no choice really, but it's not just for me. The Lord's like, you will be free if you do this. You know, you'll be free if you do not carry this with you. And the reality is we live in a broken world, right? So, you know, not, not wishing that like bad things happen to people, but we need to understand the nature of where we live, that we are pilgrims <laughs> in this world and, and we were built for, for another place. But whilst we're here... As followers of Jesus, we are ambassadors for Christ. What are you going to do when, when someone rubs you up the wrong way, when someone does something to you that's so, you know, you just want to, I don't even know what I'm doing right now, but it's like gritting my teeth. <laughs> you know, you just want to fight. And like the Lord says, it's okay to be angry. Like, fair enough, there are things that we can be angry about, but... He says, do not let, like, do not take that anger with you. Make peace before the sun goes down. Make sure. I really want to encourage you to make peace with anything or anyone that you do not have peace with, that there is unforgiveness. You need to make peace, like, to set yourself free, to follow Jesus and let him, you know, lead you to those green pastures and those still waters and restore your soul. And get you back on the path of righteousness. And, um, you know, I just um, really feel like now is, is such a beautiful opportunity. Like when we are faced with trials to rejoice, you know, it sounds so hard. Um, it's in uh, Philippians 4. If you want to just turn with me, going back and forth. This is one of my favourite verses. Um, what is it? Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Oh, yeah. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Wow. Can I just say that is, that is the truth? And I pray that you feast upon that. <laughs> I really pray that you feast upon that, that you let that sit deep within your spirit. Um, take some time, you know, some time to, to mull over that and let the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your heart and your mind as we journey 
through each day, through every situation and circumstance. The Lord knows exactly what we need because he's a good shepherd. And um, yeah, I just pray that whatever your need is right now, whatever your struggle is, you might be in a really good place. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, but I pray that wherever, whatever the situation is, that you are still rejoicing. You know, we can still rejoice. And um, yeah, I just pray that the joy of the Lord will be with you and will be actually something that you wear and be your strength. So that's the word for today. Bless you. And I pray that you have a beautiful week. And I just want to um, encourage you now just to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord with everything that you have. And may that never change. Um, yeah. Amen. We're just going to have some worship now. So now's a good time to start rejoicing <laughs> and start praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for your goodness and your presence here with us in this room, but that you transcend time and space, that your spirit goes out and that you're hovering over every heart as people listen to this while they're washing dishes or while they're out in a walk or while they're in their rooms. God, I just pray that your spirit from this place would flow out and would hover over hearts and touch them too. God, I thank you that you are the nourisher of our souls and you know exactly what each of your sheep need in every season. And your provision just has so many layers to it, God. When you touch us, when you provide an opportunity, when you provide a season, it's multidimensional in its purpose. And so we just trust you, God, that the hardship of, of what some people have been plowing in this season is not for nothing, God for good purposes. Break through, Holy Spirit, break through. Strengthen your people. Strengthen your people, God, for the, the, the work of their season. Strengthen your sheep for the, 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 uh, the fields that you have us in for a purpose. Each and every one of us and as a community, as a body, God, we trust your higher plans and purposes in this time. Strengthen your sheep. Feed your sheep, God. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you for stripping us back, for reminding us of the one thing, God. Everything transient and temporary will be removed. But that we have a kingdom that is un shakable. Thank you for the privilege of being part of your kingdom, God. So I just declare, God, joy and life over every person dialing in. Joy and life, Holy Spirit, the peace of your presence, 
just like Lani spoke, that transcends every circumstance, every heartache, every stripping away, the peace of your presence that, that propels us forward into another day rooted in Christ, moving forward in what you have called us to. We release peace. I release peace over every listener and people who aren't listening but who are part of our community and our body, God. Peace from your spirit. Peace, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Good, good father.
We just want to um, we just want to declare that when we say good good father, we are declaring that Lord, we're declaring you, Father, that you're a good good father. Lord, it's not a decision for us, it's a fact, Lord. It's a reality that you are our good, good father. You know every need that we have, you know every desire of our heart. Understand and you know what is best for us, Father. So, Lord, we submit to you today. We lay everything at your feet, Lord. We don't bring any anxiety or worry about the day. We don't. We don't fear about your provision for us, Lord. We are going to rest in you, Lord. We're going to bring everything and put it at the foot of the cross, at the foot of Jesus. Perfect. 
am. It's who I am.
Thank、you 
ています。That you brought us here to rest. You've done all the work, Father. You've done all the work. So we're going to lean back into your arms, Father, and we're going to just enjoy the rest that you've established for us.